Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Light. And this is pro, I'm sorry, our series, Freedom, yeah, our series, The Life, not The Light, The Life. And this is program number 34. Nine called the light. Boy, I'm tongue twisted today, huh? A little bit. A little tongue twisted, but that's okay. We got it out. Yeah, I got a little confused on the series and the title of the uh, of the message today. Yeah, the light. And so, before we get started, Susan, would you please open the program with a word of prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we thank you that um, you have sent the light of the world, and um, not just uh, a light to brighten our hearts and our and our minds, but in order to reflect off of us us to reflect off of him so that we can show others what the the true light is about and to draw people to your goodness and to um, your restorative power. And we just are grateful for this opportunity to um, talk about uh, who you are as a, um, as a person, as a being, as a God, and we just pray that you will send your spirit to be with us and to everyone who's listening, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the the light, uh, Jesus being the light of life, um, and you know, right before the program, Susan and I were talking. Why is he called the light? Why is he the light? Because he said he is. Because he said he is. Okay, because he said he is. <laughs> no, that's that's the, just. I mean, the Bible does say that he's that Jesus says, uh, "I am the light okay. of the world." But what is that light? Well, it has to do with. Um, who he is in character, uh huh. Because do you and his demonstration of his his power and his life and and I guess basically who is what his character is. So so he came to show us who the Father was, right? Right. Right. And in doing so, uh, there's a brilliance about that. Do you remember Moses when he said, "Show me your glory," and God said, "Well, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, protect you," and then God goes by, and what went by was forgiveness, mercy kindness, and all these wonderful character traits that are just dazzling. So Jesus comes here in human flesh to show us again how God would treat human beings, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to treat one another, mm-hmm. and what, what the light actually is. And, you know, have you ever had a, you know, an aha moment when a light came on, when you, you saw one more aspect, one more facet of God that you didn't see before, and you went, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the the Jews called the Samaritans dogs. And when Jesus actually spoke to that woman at the well, who was a Samaritan woman, that it was socially unacceptable to do that. Yet Jesus saw her as a another human being in need of a savior. When all the rest of the religious people saw 
her as simply an outcast and condemned by God. He said, no, she's not condemned by God. She's loved by God. Mm -hmm. And so people remember that, Mm -hmm. that everyone on this planet is loved by God. We can't change that. Right. No one is. No one is is discarded. It, no. So it was interesting when you said, "Have you ever had that light happen to you?" And what I was thinking about was my own personal experience when I first got clean and sober. It, it seemed as though um, darkness was taken. It, it it's hard to explain. Um, it just is like every, the the whole world looking, the whole world, the colors, the um, textures, the Everything about life was just more crisper, so and and it it was absolutely amazing. And in my first days of really becoming clean and sober and being drug free, looking through the new lens and and understanding that um, I was forgiven and that I had a God that cared for me regardless of all the damage I had done to myself and to other people, and that it it was it was tangible, something that I actually saw with my eyes. But very hard to describe. I've heard it described as, have you ever been in the dentist's office getting an Mm x-ray? And after the x-ray, they lift that lead thing off your chest. Right. Well, during the x-ray, you forget about how heavy that is. Right. And all of a sudden, it's lifted off. Mm -hmm. That's the way it was for me. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was looking at life through a different Mm -hmm. lens, but this lead weight that I didn't know I was carrying around was lifted. And so that's interesting because you're talking about a feeling of of pressure. Pressure. Where I'm talking about, it's almost, so it's interesting how God, um, how things change for each human being, right? So I'm talking about kind of like a cataract being taken off Moment of, my of clarity. Eye. But in a physical sense, so not just in a mental moment okay, of clarity. Okay, so colors were more but, real. But yeah, so like a, the my vision was increased. It, uh-huh. it was very, I remember that very distinctly, and that was like 25 years ago, and how I looked at life, and it was like, it was so encouraging to see everything so much more beautiful than I'd ever seen it before. So, that it so was like, wow. It's like Paul, because when he got knocked off his horse, he was blind when he was on the road to Damascus. Right. The scales fell off and then he could see. Right. You know, so he was saying Jesus blinded him, but but it's an, it's a, it's an object lesson. He was blind as a bat on that road until right. he was knocked off his horse. Then the scales come off his eyes. And see, and I, I think, I, not that I had the same experience as Paul, but I do believe that I was blinded by Satan's accusations against myself and against God that God didn't care for me, or otherwise things wouldn't have had to happen, things wouldn't have happened to me the way that they did when I was younger. Because I know that I blame God. I know that I blame my parents for, you know, for not caring for me. God didn't care for me. If he was so powerful, how did he allow me to be abused as a right. small child? What did I do to deserve that? And so I went around with this um, cloud of misunderstanding mm-hmm. of who God was. And yeah. so when you begin to see that true light that that mm-hmm. comes to everybody, and if you're open to it and you're willing to let go of your resentments and your anger and your self-pity, mm-hmm. you know, and your your ven- your desire for vengeance against others, and I think that your heart can be more open and your mind is is can be renewed in a in a real way. Yeah, yeah, cuz we as humanity chose a different leader. 
And right. so now, as because of that, we simply live on a dangerous planet. That's all there is. So bad things happen because God doesn't take choice away. Right. He's from anybody. From anybody. Right. So so we're, we live on a dangerous planet in that regard. Mm-hmm. So Jesus died so we could still have choice, freedom to choose. Right. And so he, he is the light in the sense that he is now showing us how to treat one another. And if God himself came down, he would have been the same way because it was God himself that came down. So let's, let's talk a little bit. You know, every, about every other night, especially in the spring and in the fall, sometimes in the winter, Susan and I go for a walk after dinner. Well, you know what happens after dinner. It gets darker it gets earlier. Dark, darker. Yeah. She says it gets later earlier. Right. <laughs> it does. It's a Susanism. Yes. It gets later earlier. Um, so anyway, we take a flashlight with us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the flashlight is just a little bit of light. You know, amongst all that darkness, it's right. a little bit of light. Because we're out in the country, so it we lights don't have your street path. lights. Right. It lights your path, mm-hmm. right? And it's this is what Jesus is saying. He's just let me in a little bit. Let me light your path, mm-hmm. and the path will get clearer and easier as we go. Um, and Jesus, being you know the phrase uh, in John chapter eight, uh, John chapter eight, um, Jesus spake. In fact, let's go to the Bible. Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, "I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness." but shall have the light of life. When he spoke these words, Jesus was in the court of the temple, specially connected with the services of the Feast of Tabernacles, and we spoke about that in a previous program. Now, in the center of this court were standards supporting huge lampstands, so that we've got this giant object lesson happening here. Right, and after the evening sacrifice, they um, all the lamps were, were lit, and they just lit up the whole all of Jerusalem, right? right? This was the ceremony was in commemoration of the pillar of light that guided Israel in the desert with their time with with Moses, and it was also seen as pointing to the coming Messiah, right? So, and, and who was this, that pillar of light? It was Jesus, right? See, right. so it's all in commemoration. Now the real deal is there, right? So at evening, when the lamps were lit, the court was a scene of great rejoicing. The priests of the temple and the rulers of the people all united in celebratory dances and the sound of instrumental music. So you have all this bright light. You have uh, the dancing and the priests and all, just this this really cool scene. Right. And in, in doing this and participating in the ceremony, the people showed their hope for the Messiah's coming to shed his light upon Israel. But to Jesus, this whole scene had a wider meaning. Just as the lamps of the temple lit up everything around them, so Christ, as the source of spiritual light, dispels darkness of the world, but the symbol wasn't perfect. No, symbols are imperfect. That's all they are is symbols. That's all words are. All words are symbols of ideas. Right. So when we talk about things, we make sure we clear up what these symbols of ideas are. So Jesus is standing in the court of the temple. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. There's celebrations going on. There's light, and it all points to him, but they missed it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's easy to point back and say, they missed it. They, 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 they. We miss it. So now think about it. Let's, let's, let's go back. It's morning now. The sun had just risen above the Mount, Mount of Olives, and now you've got the sun rays, on the marble palaces, and they light up the gold temples of the walls, and then 
Jesus points to it, and he says, I am the light of the world. Right, and John wrote, in him was life, and the light and the life was with was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness apprehends it not. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. Okay, so a couple of things in this text. Number one, it's it, that was the true light that lights how many men? Every, every man. man. Right. See, so God is not, and we talked about this earlier, God is 100% of the time constantly trying to reach 100% of the people. All the time. All the time. Right. Okay. Now, it's us who shut that light out. You know, we got, we found a cockroach in the garage one day because we had, we feed our cat in the, in the garage. And Susan comes in one day and goes, there's a cockroach out there. I turned the light on and it ran into the corner. But I got him. I smashed him. You smashed him one yes. day. Okay. So, yeah, we're, but we're still got, we better get the exterminator yeah. anyway. But- <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The light comes on, and the cockroach runs into the darkness. Right. Do, do we see the, the, the symmetry well, here between when this Jesus, this unadulterated truth, comes to this planet and tries to convince his own creation that he's God, right. and they, the, the, the darkness comprehended it not. Correct. We ran from him, right. and we still do, and we still cling to the enemy we still cling to the darkness yes and and that's so sad that is that that first part of john where where, where what you read there that that the darkness it's so sad i know that we choose darkness over light here he comes he's harmless he's saying the creator of us, us his creation yeah reject him standing in the temple all the light the sun comes up it's glorious the marble the gold and he says, hey, 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 I'm the light of the world. That's what all of this represents, is this, this gloriousness. So why did they reject him? All why do we of, reject him? Why do, because he, he goes against, we want to be, just like go back to the Garden of Eden, we want to be like God. Mm-hmm. We want to we make our own calls. Mm-hmm. See, We're not you know, happy with the way things, we're not happy and, the, unless it comes out according to our plan. Exactly, and when right. it doesn't, we blame God. Right. And when it does, we puff ourselves up and say, we made a great decision. Right. When in reality, God is running this show. He's got it into complete control. But, you know, I mean, that's, a, that's an addict's problem right there is he wants to run the entire show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He wants to build the stage. He wants to direct it. He wants to write the script. He wants to act it. And if everybody would just do what he says, the show would come off wonderful and the, and the addict would be happy. The problem is he can't control it all. Right. So he gets frustrated, you know, and don't we all? Mm-hmm. Don't we all get angry when people don't do what we want them to so do? So it's interesting when you were talking about that, that's kind of what God's position is, right? So he is in control of all that but yet he allows his creation to make decisions. And so it kind of correlates to a parent's job, right? They see mm-hmm. everything that's going on in their children's life and they want to, you know, they want to coordinate good things in their lives, but it doesn't go that way and they become frustrated and, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you, so you can see that dynamic happening across all, all yeah, ways. Down to the family level and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. And the freedom of uh, the freedom of choice and, yes. and, you know, when to restrain. I mean, you, I, you were telling me, we were on the phone earlier on the way here, and you were telling me that 
the restraint that happened when you got arrested several times didn't do the job. Right. And then all of a sudden, one time you're somebody prays over you in jail and that that lead blanket was lifted off you. Something happened, a moment of clarity. The restraint got you into a position where you, you know, where you were no longer on drugs. You could finally somewhat think straight, but it was still God's spirit moving on your heart that does that magic, whatever it is. I don't want to call it magic, but it's something that God's spirit does. Right, because restraint doesn't cause the change, right? Restraint, no. because, and that's proved that, you know, I can look back at my life, and that's what we were talking about is, you know, I was arrested and put in jail many times, right. and yet that restraint didn't prevent me from going out and making the same choices when I was released from jail. Right, right. And you just needed to go back a few more times. You needed to get beat up a little bit more right. to say, Susan, Susan, your way's not working. Right. How long are you going to... I mean, that's the, vo- well, I, that's the voice I heard. Rich, and, your way is not... Wor- 41 years, your way is not working. And see, for me, it was different. I think what God was trying to tell me was that you don't have to run anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to be ashamed of who you are as a person. Because mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of you. Mm-hmm. Is I think the voice that I heard from God because I had always been ashamed of myself and had that dark, that missing piece in me. And God is came to me and said, "You don't. You don't have to be ashamed." Well, you it, took me right back to the court of the temple when the woman was right. thrown down in adultery, and He said, "Woman, where are your accusers? Right. Neither do I right. condemn you." Just go be a better girl. And it is. It's, it's, you start looking at the whole world through a different lens. Right. And so the then the weight, light can the, come in. The light right? can come in then. Yeah. And, and more dots get connected. And, and the more they get connected, the brighter the light shines and people look in you. I remember when we first went to a church, we said, Did you look in their eyes? There's light in their eyes. Right. There's no tombstones in their right. eyes. Cause, you know, when you're when you're on drugs and deep and heavy into alcoholism and drugs, there's there's not a lot of light in the eyes. And I think to um, for anybody who's out there, if you have a loved one or a child or a, a mate or whoever it may be that that isn't open to um, to uh, God's leading, just know that that God works through all different kinds of avenues to be able to to reach a heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, in and out of jails and in and out of jails and then putting people inside those institutions that, um, you know, that cared for me when I wasn't caring for myself. So sometimes and we've said this before, if someone's in jail, sometimes that can be the safest place for a person. Mm -hmm. The best opportunity for an addict or somebody who is, you know, a thief or doing something, you know, that that's against you know, the common law to get in put into jail is an opportunity to to start to think clearly. Absolutely. To have a different view in life. And, and, you know, we should just always be praying, even if, if that's not in it, something else, God brings someone into my son's or my daughter's or, um, you know, my ex-husband's life that will help them to see your goodness, to mm-hmm. see the light, mm-hmm. to be able to to know that there is something better in this world. Yes, because light does dispel darkness. Darkness does not dispel light. Right. Light dispels darkness. For it to get dark around here, the sun has to go down. Right. The light has to, you know right. what I mean? We were the talking about shadows. Shadows don't create themselves. Mm-hmm. A shadow is caused. It's an obstruction of light. Right. That's all a shadow is. So the light, and, and so... 
uh, which is just a wonderful, uh, once again, allegory or, or a, a, I don't say allegory, uh, object lesson, physical object lesson of who Jesus is, as he is that, he is that light that shines in the darkness. In other words, when it all looks lost, there's that one, you're on the side of the road, you got a flat tire, it's raining, you don't have the right wrench, and all of a sudden somebody pulls up and they're basically, and you say, you're an angel. No, right. I was just compelled to do, that's what Jesus does. He, he, he shows up when you need him to help. Right, and so isn't it interesting that he was that was there in in the beginning of the cre- uh, creation story? Is right, mm-hmm. the light came the light and dispelled came. the darkness. Dispelled the darkness. And so, as an angel, I wonder what it was like as an angel or, or whoever was able to view that occurrence, right, mm-hmm. of creation, and and they were able to see, wow, out of the void and and the the um, the. Uh, not distraught, but the you know the dysfunction the of the darkness, yeah. right? The light came in, and just think about the people that were in dar- in darkness when Jesus came. Right, the people that were crippled, the people that had leprosy. The, you know, yeah, these, and he comes, and they see that, and they say, "There's hope for me." Right. There's hope for me because, and you know, like the guy, that the, the paralytic they let down through the roof, what does he say? What is easier, to forgive his sins or tell him to get up and walk? Well, if the guy's so burdened with sin that Jesus says, "I, for, you know, your sins are forgiven, boom, starts, starts something going on. Jesus said, now I'll prove to you that I forgave his sin. Get up and walk. And they ooh, Right, man. so so the, the, the life and the practice of Christianity and spirituality is just not an understanding of the words and who Jesus is, but it's an experience of being restored. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taken from a, as a broken vessel and being restored to um, a child of God. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a physical and mental and spiritual change that happens. It's not just an accumulation of information. No, it's not. It's not an accumulation of information. It's not knowledge. It's knowledge put into practice. It's the knowledge of God put into practice. It's a working, living faith that changes you from the inside out when you put it into practice. Right. And that's all God wants to do. He doesn't want to see us in pain. He doesn't want us, you know, self He doesn't want to take away our creativity either. No, no. He doesn't want to destroy our individuality. Right. He wants it to be our choice that we want to get well. You know, what do you do when you go to the doctor and you got bronchial pneumonia and, and he's hands you, he hands you a prescription? It's a Z-Pack. And on your way home, you trust the doctor and you take the Z-Pack for the 10 days or the three days or the, whatever the Z-Pack, seven days, I can't remember. Three days. Is it three days? I think for three, Z- yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah, some some antibiotics are three days, seven days, 10 days, whatever. Anyway, so if you don't trust the doctor, do you throw the jar of pills out the window on the way home? And you lose your opportunity you, to be healed. To be healed. Right. This is all God is saying is just be teachable. Right. Be like a little child. Be teachable. Have an open mind. Watch me treat people the way I treat them. Right. Watch me do those things that are servant mentality. Even though I'm running the universe, I am serving my universe. I'm not lording over them, making right. their decisions for them. Right. I am serving them, helping them make better decisions. Right. That's all he wants to do. He right. does not want to destroy it your individuality. It doesn't come from coercion. Does not come from force or coercion or right. a whip. He, remember, the shepherd brings the lamb home. 
the lost sheep home by carrying in his arms close to his heart because he just went through the night finding that lost sheep. That one lost him up. sheep. He doesn't drive him home with a whip. Right. He carries him home in his arms, that lost sheep. We're that lost sheep. We're that lost sheep, yes. and he wants to pick you up and carry you home. We just need to be teachable. Embrace mm-hmm. the light when God's speaking to us. And I know it goes against our nature sometimes. Um, we're we're going to have to wrap it up here, folks. We're getting really close to the end again. I love talking about Jesus being the light because there's nothing better than when the light comes on. And as you talk and as you do more things with Jesus, the light gets brighter and brighter, and it becomes more and more fun to to talk about these things, uh, give us a call, 916-645-1297. If you, need, uh, if you need addiction recovery resources or recovery from life resources, Susan will ship them out. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening, and remember... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.